Well, welcome back to the Apostolic Anthesis Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Joshua Arend, and Apostolic Anthesis is an open venue podcast exploring the interests, the Word of God, and the lifestyles of the apostolic world. If you were with us last time, we explored the life of a Shunammite woman. This is an amazing Bible story that has many different angles and many different experiences that take place. Well, we covered how the Shunammite woman had blessed the man of God by building him an apartment on top of her house. He prayed to God that she would have a child, and lo and behold, the Lord answered his prayer, and she was blessed with a son. And we went through the experiences of the son passing away, and then the miraculous resurrection power of the Lord bringing that child back to life. And then we covered her fears, her hopes being um, kind of dashed before her eyes, and then the Lord proving himself again that he knows how to handle the miracles he gives and that when he gives us a promise, he knows how to take care of that promise. It was an amazing episode, and if you missed it, I would encourage you to go back when you have time and listen to the second episode of Apostolic Anthesis, The Shunammite Woman. So let's continue the journey in her life. If you have your Bibles, you'd like to follow along, Second Kings Chapter 8 is where we'll start. I'll be reading all scriptures from the English Standard Version, the ESV. And if you have a different version, that's okay. Just follow along if you'd like. 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 1. Now Elisha had said to the woman, whose son he had restored to life, Arise and depart with your household, and sojourn wherever you can. For the Lord has called a famine, and it will come upon the land for seven years. Verse 2. So the woman arose and did according to the word of the man of God. She went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines for seven years. So let's take a moment and look at what we have here. Quick recap. The Shunammite has a son. The son passes away. God resurrects the son, does a miracle for her. Her faith is restored. Her life is encouraged. Um, the child begins to grow now, and the life of the Shunammite is, is whole. It's happy. Everything is energetic. Everything is just right as rain. And the Lord begins to deal with Elisha, and he tells him, I'm going to put a famine in the land of Israel, and it's going to be for seven years. Now, Elisha, at this time, because he was an extended family member, if, if we could get away with that, um, with the Shunammite family. He goes to her and he tells her, he says, there's going to be a famine for seven years. And what I want you to do is I want you to take your family and I want you to go to a different country because in other words, there's going to be a lot of suffering. There's going to be a lot of hardship in Israel. And he wanted to spare her that. He knew that she was older in life. He knew that her emotions were fragile. Um, she had went through an amazing uh, season of storms with the loss of her son and then the revive, revival of her son. That alone could just wear somebody out spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And so he knew that she had been through enough. And God's famine that was coming on Israel, he, he had empathy towards her. He had love and compassion. And he didn't want her and her family to have to suffer um, they had suffered enough. And so he says, hey, I want you to move. And she, she just does it. She packs up her bags, 
detached. They collect their belongings and they just head out of town to a foreign land where they didn't have a job. They didn't have relatives. They didn't have a community that they had, you know, grown up with. Everything was new for them. Everything was completely uh, a fresh start, if you would. But she didn't question the man of God. She didn't, um, I want to point out, she didn't say, hey, uh, prophet, let me pray about that. Let me pray if that's the will of God for me. She just knew that if the prophet, the man of God, was speaking to her and warning her and trying to help her, that she didn't have to have a two-week-long fast and a two-week-long prayer meeting. She just believed in the Word of God, and she believed in the man of God and his ability and his ministry. And so she went into the land of the Philistines for seven years. Verse 3, And at the end of seven years, when the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, she went to appeal to the king for her house and her land. So for seven years, she dwelt in a foreign land. And I'm sure she established new friendships and new relationships with the community there. And they maybe learned um, how to survive and build an income there. But her heart was for her homeland. And her heart was to go back to be around her friends and family. Another thing I'd like to point out, is that Elisha, when he told her to take her family and to flee the land, he stayed in the middle of the famine. He stayed with the rest of Israel, and he suffered beside them, and he went through many things with them. But she was withdrawn from that. And so we could look and say, well, she was giving up her land, and she was giving up her her family and her neighborhood, and she was going through quite a, a change, a dramatic change in the older years of her life, and that's harder Uh, The older you get, the harder change is. And so the hardship of the change was greater there. She got to avoid a lot of disaster too. She got to avoid a lot of the hardships. She was, sure, she was in a foreign country, but she was in a country that was not suffering through the famine. And so many ways, even though she had to move, even though she had to uproot her family, it was a blessing of God. And if God puts you in a calling and he begins to build a ministry and he gives your your gives your home many blessings and he begins to go before you and, and do great things. Sometimes there might come a season where God's going to visit you or your pastor or your ministry or or somebody's going to speak into your life and say, look, you're you're going to go over here for a season. You're gonna you're gonna go and have um, kind of a time out for a while and and you're gonna be removed from maybe the pace of the day and, and the stress that you're going. Um, a timeout isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, a story in my life, uh, I've been in the ministry a long time, and I'm used to just having my hand to the plow and going and going and going, and work, 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 it seems like. Well, in the middle of, you know, kind of doing the college and career ministry, um, the housing market here had was in the middle of a recession and it was, you know, really hard to sell a home. And God told me, he said, I want to sell your home. And so we put it on the market and he did what he told me. He sold our home when people said it couldn't be sold. And it was seemed like the wrong time to sell, but the Lord sold my home and he blessed us with a new house. And when we moved in, I felt the Lord visit me and he, and he told me something that I wasn't used to. I, I really uh, didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. But, you know, we had bought a lot of new items for the house. 
and we had done a lot of repairs to make it our, our space and the way we wanted to live. And so I wanted to pick up some side work. I, um, I've learned some of the trade skills in my job, um, in life. And so got kind of a little handyman, uh, trade in me. And so I wanted to do some side side jobs to make up some money to pay off any debts and to pay off any of the bills we had acquired from the move. And I prayed to the Lord because being active in the ministry, um, having a full-time job, um, you know, basically being bivocational my whole life, I didn't, uh, you know, I felt kind of bad if I went and picked up side jobs. Um, I felt like I would rob my ministry. I felt I would maybe cheat on um, the church a little bit, not, not with my time, but you know, my, my focus would be split and divided. And so I felt the Lord tell me, he said, he said, it's all right. He said, I'm giving you a season where you can go and you can kind of relax a little bit and pick up some side jobs and pay off some of the debt. He said, I'm giving you a season to work through this, to get your house in order. And I was, I was not used to that. I was expecting the Lord to rebuke me. I was expecting the Lord to chastise me and say, no, no, put my house first, my house first. And it was very, uh, it was very weird for me to hear God say, no, take a season and get your own home in order. And I, I knew it was of God. I, I don't doubt that. I, am, I know it was of God. And during that time, he blessed me with side jobs that were pretty much easy for me to do. And, and I made very good money off of doing those. So the amount of work I had to do versus the amount of um, money I was blessed with was, was a pretty good ratio. But I knew that that was of the Lord and his hand was upon me. That wasn't normal. That was just God honoring the call that he had put on my life for that season. And so this woman was called for a season um, to go over there into the land of the Philistines to relax, to avoid the famine, because she had been through enough um, with the loss of her son and then the resurrection of her son. She had just been through a lot. And so for seven years, she lives in the land of the Philistines. And now she wants to come home. She wants to come back to her house and imagine her fears. Imagine her thinking, well, the famine has ended. After seven years, she, she got word that it ended in Israel. And she wants to go home. And she's, she's human. She's just like us. And can you imagine her fears that there would be people in her fields, um, plowing them because her, her family was a farmer. Like they were in that. Um, when her son passed away, it says that he went into the fields with his father. And so I don't know if they had, they had wheat or, or corn or, or some, some crop they were growing, but they were farmers. They worked the land. And so I know she was worried about her fields and the produce of them. If people had claimed her fields, people had been working them. You know, squatters' rights. If, if you've been working in a field long enough, then that field is yours. And I'm sure she was worried about that. And was there people living in her house? Was there people um, that had put their equipment in her barn? And so as she begins to come home, she you know, gets on that donkey that she rode to see the prophet in Mount Carmel. Uh, I imagine she packed her family in carts and, and they got on those donkeys and they went home. And can you imagine her pulling up to her fields and seeing that they're already being harvested? There's 
smoke coming out of her chimney. There's people living in her house. Um, kind of like, you know, story Goldilocks, uh, who's been sleeping in my bed? Where's this porridge? You know, she comes up, people are living in her home, people are working her fields and she just takes that caravan of people. And she just, she doesn't even pull up and park in the garage. She just keeps going right to the King's house. And, and that's right where we're at in our story. In verse four, it says, now the King was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. If you remember him from our story last episode, Gehazi is the assistant to the prophet of Israel, Elisha. Gehazi is not the man in charge, but he's the assistant to the man in charge. And he was the one that proposed to Elisha to pray for God to have a child born to this woman. In spite of her reluctancy, in spite of her fears, in spite of her uh, protest, if you would, Gehazi, he's kind of got a track record of being a little bit immature, being a little uh, unempathetic and not having the maturity to see into life experiences and how you go through things and you learn that things are not necessarily black and white, but they're very much gray at times. Well, it's, it's this servant, Gehazi, and he is before the king. And it says the king, in verse 4, was talking with Gehazi, the servant, the man of God, saying, tell me all the great things that Elisha had done. And while he was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, this is verse 5, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life appealed to the king for her house and her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, here is the woman, and here is her son whom Elisha restored to life. So Gehazi is before the king, and he's telling the king all the great great things that Elisha had done in the the land of Israel. And he tells the king, he says, King, I I I saw Elisha, my my master, he took a limb, he threw it in the water, and it, it made an axe head made of iron and steel float to the surface. And he said, Another miracle I saw my master do is that he went in and prayed for a boy that had died, and the Lord brought him back to life. And while he's telling this story of the Shunammite son, this this very story that we're talking about, I mean, what's the odds? What's the coincidences? Well, you and I know it's not a coincidence. This is the hand of the Lord, how he moves every chess piece into place, how he puts every piece of the puzzle right where it fits, right where it belongs in his timing. This is not a coincidence. This isn't lucky. This isn't a circumstantial situation. This is designed and directed by the hand of God. Gehazi is before the king telling the very story of this woman and how her son had passed away and how the Lord had brought him back to life. And she comes in at that moment wanting to ask of the king to give her her land, give her her house back. And I know she was worried about the outcome and she had fear and trepidation and probably even anxiety that was building in her, you know, when you're going before a king or a judge, you don't know how it's going to play out. And and I know there's worries and fears. And she definitely had those. But when she walked in and she saw that familiar face of Gehazi, and she sees him talking to the king, I'm sure that her faith was beginning to be built because she began to see the hand of the Lord. And verse 6, And when the king asked the woman, she told him, So the king appointed an official for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, together with all the produce of the fields of the day that she left 
the land until now. This is incredible. She comes before the king, and the king hears from Gehazi. He says, this is the woman here that I'm just telling you about, king. And this is her son that had died and rose. And he turns to the woman and he says, is this true? And she begins to tell him the story. And she begins to pour her heart out to the king. And she begins to tell him how that, you know, she was older in life and she was barren and they didn't have a child. And it was the desire of her heart. And it was the the one thing she never had that she was missing in her life was to have a child and how the great prophet Elisha, the one that Gehazi is telling him of how he came and he prophesied to her and the word of God came to pass. And in the springtime the following year, she had a son and she told him how that that son, you know, was growing and was such a joy in their life. And then great tragedy struck him and he he passed away and how that she sought the man of God in Mount Carmel. And he, he came and he climbed up top that child and he began to breathe life back in him. And she went through this story of, of the travail and the, the, you know, the anguish of losing her son to the victory of God and how she overcame that and the Lord had come by and the Lord was faithful and the Lord done the miraculous in her. And then she begins to tell him, I'm sure she goes through the story, how Elisha visited her again and said, you know, go into the land of the Philistines and dwell there for seven years and avoid this famine. And she, she tells him, she said, I was told by the man of God, I was told by Elisha, the, the prophet that you're inquiring of his servant about, the, the one you're listening to his great deeds and his wondrous works and how he's called of God and how he has helped Israel, how he's been the voice of God for Israel. This man that you respect, this man that you, you love and you hold in such high honor, this prophet of God told me to leave my house, get my husband, get my servants, get my son, get our belongings, and leave for another country to avoid the famine. And she's telling him, she said, I've, I've, I've been faithful to the voice of Israel. I've been faithful to the voice of God. I've been faithful to the voice of the prophet. And I've done no wrong. All I've been is obedient. I've been a good servant. I built him an apartment to get him out of the sun and to give him rest so we could cook him a good meal. All I've done is try to do good for the kingdom of God. And the king listens to her pleas, and the king listens to her story, and he turns to an official near him, and he says, listen, I want you to go to her. And and when you get with her, I want you to follow her to her home, and I want you to look, do an evaluation, do a study of her property, and I want you to open the books, and I want you to see how much produce has been has been gleaned and from those fields over the last seven years. And they were in a famine, and so it probably wasn't too much, but there was still an effort to grow crops in those fields. And he said, you're going to count up. He told his official, he said, we're going to count up everything that we've made off her land, everything that we have harvested from, from the crops grown in her fields, everything. And that amount, I want it returned to her from day one, from the day she packed her bags and left, we're going to give her all the crops, all the grains that we owe her. And the barns are going to be returned to her. Her house is going to be returned to her. The the equipment to plow those fields is going to be returned. If there's any cattle, if there's any, you know, barnyard animals running around, all that she had is going to come back to her. Can you believe this? Even though she had to leave her home, she got to avoid the famine. She got to avoid the hardship. Go in and make money in a foreign land, eat a foreign food, foreign crops, have foreign friends, 
And when she comes back, the Lord restores to her everything that was hers from day one so that she didn't lose out on anything, so that she didn't miss out on anything. It's an amazing story about what God did for her. And so I want to just bring this across the bridge to where you and I are at. When God gives us things in our life and God does miracles for us and God provides for us in a certain way, if God tells you, I'm going to put you over here in this space for a time out, and I want you to go over here and I want you to sit and I want you to heal and recover, everything, we might feel we're missing out, but we are not missing out. We are simply being obedient to the voice of God, and we are pulling it away um, from our busyness. We're, we're getting away from the busyness that we think we, we're doing. Sometimes our idle hands are just so busy doing things that aren't important, and God wants us to move because it's important for our health, our mental health, our spiritual health, our physical health even at times, that we can just concentrate on him. You know, Even Jesus walked into the wilderness for a while and got away from everything. And sometimes God's going to pull us away from everything, but that doesn't mean we're being disciplined. It doesn't mean that we're being punished or we've done something wrong. It means that God wants us to come in off the battlefield for a little bit and to go into the the injury tent, into the medical tent, and, and just rest up and heal up. Because if you're out on the, the war and you're, you're on the battlefield so long, you can get beat up and tired and injured to where we're no good. So coming off the front lines at times is not a bad thing, and it's not a disciplinary thing. It's a season of healing, a season to be re-strengthened, rejuvenated, to be refreshed. And this woman, even though she was out of her home country, she was in a land that took care of her, a country that provided for her. And when she came back, God gave her everything. And if God has moved you, if God has placed you in a, in a spot in your life and you're like, ah, Lord, I, I feel like it's been slower pace and, and I'm not as productive as I once was. I just want you to know that it's very possible that that's a season and God's going to call you back into the, the action and put you on the front lines again. And your hand's going to be to the plow again. And you're the, you'll be busy again. But when God calls you back into the service and God calls you back into that, that place of anointing, into that ministry that you once had, I want you to know that everything that you feel you've missed out on, God is going to reward you with. God is going to bless you with. God is going to visit you and all that you think the enemy has taken from you is going to be returned to you. I'm going, I, I, I really feel to tell you that God is going to do it again in your life. He showed that Shunammite woman that if he could take care of her son and that which she thought she lost was returned to her, he showed her that he could do it again, that her lands and her house that she thought she had lost that he brought it back to her again. He showed her that he was doing it again. And that's kind of what this podcast is about, this episode right here, that God wants to do it again in our lives. If we feel the enemy has taken stuff from us, if we feel that disaster has stripped us of our, our blessings of God or stripped us of our joy, stripped us of our, you know, our ambition with our calling in the ministry or towards the kingdom of God, but perhaps we're just in a time out. But when we come out of this, when we come back into the game, God is going to open our minds, open our eyes and our faith, and we will know that God is doing it again. 
just like he did in our past. Imagine your, think of all the, your, your past victories. Think of all the past deliverances that God did for you, that God brought you through, that God provided for you. All of the times that God moved in our lives before, he's going to do it again in our future. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And this Shunammite woman who had lost her son and then her son was found and then she had lost her land and her house, land and house was found again, is a parallel story of all of our lives that if God gives us things and he allows those things to be removed from our life for a season, have faith and rest assured that God is going to bring those things back into our lives. It will enter again into our lives. God will do it again, just as he did for this Shunammite woman. He will do for you and I. What a story this woman went through. And I pray that this story has ministered to everyone that's listening. I pray this podcast, Apostolic Anthesis, is becoming a blessing to you. Please join us next time, Episode 4, for our topic, The State of Israel. Please subscribe. Thank you. God bless.